0: Thursdays. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're back on the case to discuss Night Country Part 3. Welcome back to Ennis. That's not what it's called. There's no, there's no episode title. So
1: right. Yeah, it's just part we one. Have no, part uh, two,
0: part we have three. no intro, so there you go. And yeah. like to drop those gravelly voices as uh, early as possible.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, where shall we start? With uh purge three. I have somewhere I kinda want to start because this happened in the in the interim, and I actually just read about this. What happened? Can we talk about something? Sure. I want to get your get your opinion uh just from the top, the tippy top. Uh this is from pajiba.com partly mm-hmm. by Dustin Rolls. Uh and the headline: uh true detective creator Nick Pizzolato doesn't appear to be a fan of Night Country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, I, 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 I'm quoting from the article here, and I just I do want to reiterate this because we've never we've never really been like oh my god like he's what we love about this show, and by all accounts right. uh, seems like a bit of a a tough pill uh, in person. So again, I'm reading from this article, uh, but I don't disagree with some of his opinions. <laughs> The rumors about Nick Pizzolatto's behavior over the course of his career have not been flattering. He's been known to be insufferable and a pretentious douchebag. (laughs) So much (laughs) so that the friction between the writer and HBO may be the reason why he's no longer involved with the series, and why he also ended up negotiating an early exit from his FX deal. I didn't even know he had an FX deal. Kind of seems to have disappeared
1: post-season three. Yeah, no, I knew he had signed that, and that's kind of like they were talking like oh he has an idea for a fourth season we told him to figure it out and then they were like okay well he signed with a deal with fx so like maybe maybe there's something out there and then okay. we got so this is on before. this is
0: on x and he just he he chimed in on the comments which to begin with is kind of a, a douchey thing in general but mm-hmm. whatever okay okay So, uh, certainly did not have any input on the story or anything else, can't blame me. And then uh, to just fully squash our uh, Makana watch, uh, his follow-up tweet, Matthew doesn't show up, nor would he. Just throws that in there, okay? Wow. Uh, Somebody else comments, Night Country is like somebody's memory of a show and that memory is fading, okay? And he just commented, ha, like as, because apparently he found that funny. Uh, and then we also have here, uh, still have the season one lore document. Seems this is not him. This is him. He's about to respond to this. Still have the season war season one lore document. It used to be around on Google talking about how the tuttles have a local construction business and whatnot. Apparently they fund an Arctic space re Arctic science research station. Now crying emoji, uh, and then Pizzolatto responded, ha so stupid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty much the end of it, but again, shout out to the author of this article because his closer after that screen cap is, it's ironic, isn't it, that he would leave that comment on a picture calling back t- to season two of True Detective. These contracts, signatures it's all over. over. All over. <laughs> Talk about stupid. That's how he concludes the article. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Nick P, uh, bro in shade after I, I, dude, my personal opinion, i like, obviously, it's your baby, whatever. The show went behind, even in the first season, it was like a war of wills between him and Fukunaga, who is mm-hmm. also not a good dude, who's kind of a piece of shit in real life. Right. I don't know if you ever saw any of those things that came out no. in the last two years? Uh, yeah, inappropriate behaviors on sets, uh, young, you know, young interns, uh, creepy shit whatever not mm-hmm. a good guy okay so uh yeah <laughs> if you want to give any credence to that uh feel free i mean i'll say this so he comes he comes off like a a bitter X is what all that shit sounds like to me I'm just like and dude it's just classless to like you're in the comment section on fucking X like you it, have
1: the time to do that I mean, it must must be really busy with your busy schedule with all the new projects you have to thank you for taking your time out of your day to with all the stuff you're well, it's making also to, just uh, like
0: there's clearly a lot of people who are essentially coming to your defense or like you know lifting up season one there I've seen a lot of that thus far even from uh, some some people in the friend group that are that were unimpressed, deeply unimpressed by the the first couple episodes and I, mm-hmm. again, I you know I don't begrudge them, but I also I, I did clarify a few things that happened in the second episode to them and mm-hmm. they were like, oh well, that kind of makes me uh, a little more excited I'm like, yeah. yeah it's it's there. you just gotta keep an eye out for it. Mm-hmm. But I think interesting to address and I bring it up, in advance of this episode, which again, we're coming off of us losing our minds over, like, oh my God, possible lore connections and like tying it to season one and blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And I think very purposefully, and I don't, I, I liked this about part three quite a bit. We took a big old step back from any of that. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and we actually settled into telling our story and our current case and going deeper into it, which is, I, I think what we need to do if you're going to tell a satisfying story that's not beholden or just reaching back to a prior season to get the nostalgia vibes for you, you know, right to operate on its own terms. So in that respect, um, I love that we open with a flashback and the yep. introduction of a second timeline. Mm-hmm. Very compelling. Uh, so we have Navarro going in to arrest Annie. Does she tell her what like what is she bringing her in for there? Do we know? Or is it just no. we're operating that But pl- I, I I, was vague on that. But then we have the birthing sequence and all of that, um, which I they had set up that she's, she was a midwife. Um, right? But yeah, and I'm sure if I rewatched the scene, I just – like when she first comes in, you're so distracted by the wailing of the pregnant woman in the other room mm-hmm. that I was like, wait, oh, that's Annie Kay. And then I was like, oh, wait, she's here to arrest her. Like, um, And again, I liked – you know, subtle, they do tag it. They give us a date, but I love that. Like we just open this, and just like I seeing her in the uniform, I was like, "Oh, okay, flashback, flashback, right? Okay, we're in it." Uh, and then, but I thought it's in it's in the daylight a little bit. So, like it's not at nighttime. That she's yeah. Going we've up been there. and we've been playing with you know we've at least speculated on like we're not still not quite sure when this is happening, and I thought they still it was a little. So a little cheeky, if you will, that it's like seven years prior. I'm like, prior from what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> prior from when? And of course, when we come back to our present timeline, it's just the fifth day of night. We still don't know. But we did get a little timeline hint and as much as when they're looking through some of the evidence she references in Ariana Grande. Uh in 2016, yeah. Yes. So I am more and more leaning towards, I think we're just meant to take this as probably – 2023, which is when the show was originally meant to come out. Mm -hmm. So seven years prior would set us in 2016. Right. Which is firmly after the season one timeline, obviously, where we leave things. That's 2012. Mm -hmm. And then again, clarification. It's Uh, a year after season three. Because season Season three three is a span of 25 years total. From the yeah, start from the of 19, that case, in the eighties, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, no, mm-hmm. thirty-five years because it's twenty-fifteen. Right, right. But that's as far yeah, as we twenty-five go. would have been. Yeah, that's as far yeah. as we go. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is a year removed from the season three timeline. I think that like the events that we're exploring now. So I think that firmly sets us in twenty-fourteen. Not that this was a huge lingering thread, but just wanted to to point it out. Um, I did take a few detective notes, so maybe I can just be our little guide through the episode if you will uh first thing like i said uh flashback opening second timeline seven years prior it's just noting that uh we get some more details on the wheeler case which was Mm -hmm. vaguely referenced in the previous episode this is the thing that split danvers and navarro and we get a what I would call a uh, a, hall- a hallmark officially of the oh, series yeah, at this definitely. point, which is the unreliable narrator, the cover up of like, we said we did this one thing, but oh, we, we did. are visually showing you we did not. We did something else. Um, this one is still lingering. The real only question is who pulled the fucking trigger? Like right. who put him down? But uh, I found this to be one of the more eerie sequences We've had so far in the show. Um, and of course, it is a moment that is not supernatural at all. No. It is real world horror, uh, much in the way that, like, I think about those moments in season one where we would hear prior cases discussed, but not seen, so to speak. Right. And then later, when we get to the present timeline there in season one and Marty. Uh, or Russ is asking Marty, like, what made you finally, you know, kick out and we get the, the, uh, sorry for everybody listening, the baby in the microwave sequence, which mm-hmm. does cut to, you know, you see it, uh, right. finally, whereas a lot of the stuff that Russ is referencing, uh, earlier in this, in the show, you don't see, um, um, but I thought this was one of the more arresting, like taking us back to a the look on that dude's face and like the, the whistle. That was genuinely like that was that was creepy. That was yeah. fucking that was 100 yeah. percent and got me in a very short amount of time. You know, you get uh, I also want to say I've I've heard some I've heard a lot of shade thrown at Lady Judy Foster and I don't appreciate any of it. And I hope this is an episode that maybe shuts some people up. This scene in particular, where she closes the door and like lays all this out to prior. I want to just mm-hmm. talk about like the range. I'll will t- highlight three scenes right here, and I'm just like, Shh. literally haters, like shut shut the fuck up, <laughs> right? Take your hat off, boy. <laughs> That's an actress. Yeah, That's an actress. an actress. Um, but no, it's this scene. It's the scene where they go and reinvestigate the uh the girl who does hair who mm-hmm. lied about knowing Clark and Annie were together. And there's the little girl who's upset mm, that she and, just and, she, does and cheese, she does the mac and cheese. She does the mac and cheese moment and it's like mm-hmm. perfect mom shit. And mm-hmm. then like shortly after that, we get, I, again, huge, bold in my notes. We finally get our two detectives in a fucking car for an extended chat. Right. That's all I want. That's all I mm-hmm. want from this show is fucking two, you know, very different personalities just Button heads in a car so again we get the incredible recollection the like unreliable narrator lying to Pryor about what happened there great sequence we get the the mom instinct coming in with the kid and it's like she is like a bitch to pretty much every adult in her life but every time we see her interact with children she is like she's a saint
1: basically and you're like Oh, hmm. oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Could that have something to do with what maybe she doesn't have?
0: Yeah. A flashback? I mean, I, something we saw what?
1: crawling at her in the dark? 100%. Earlier? Absolutely. <laughs> and then to also have this same
0: character be like, yeah, I'm on Tinder. Yeah, I don't fuck where I eat. <laughs> like, Shit or like anymore. that in the next scene. <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm dying, dude. I was like, that's the kind of like, that's the humor I like from the show. It's, it's Marty and, you know. Mm-hmm. Marty and Russ like roasting each other Marty coming at Russ for like hey stop being fucking weird and Russ right. you know quietly judging Marty for being a sh- piece of shit
1: basically right
0: exactly <laughs> Um, yeah so I, I loved it dude I- I've been waiting for get him in a car and there was a lot of them they were driving all over the fucking place
1: <laughs> this whole <Yeah>. episode, <laughs> to the point that when they got the call about the dude being awake I was like wow mm-hmm. And Becky was like, "What?" I was like, "Lights and sirens, huh?" And she's and I was like, "Cause you know all that traffic out there, they got to get through." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I just, did have that. I did have this, that yeah. thought because I was like,
0: "Yeah, they roll." I was like, "I like that they roll into the encampment where they go and find uh, this is Oliver, right?" The guy from the building. the opening. Yeah. Well, no, he's he the th- not right. So I the thought he was there- our hunter in the well, opening. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. The dude they're out there to meet is Mm -hmm. Oliver, who was the engineer Mm -hmm. or worked on the electrical department or something there and left shortly before or after After Annie's murder. Yeah, after her But when they go out to this encampment, the -hmm. guy, the two guys who come up Mm -hmm. to like, kind of like, hey, what the fuck are you out here for? Like. You know, you got any jurisdiction the, out here? The dude on the left, that is our hunter from the open. Air. Oh, okay. I 100%. got I, I thought, about, okay. Yes. But no, that confirms for me, I don't think he had anything to do with Salal. And I think I was just confusing another indigenous person in the Salal crew with that guy. Right? No, yeah, um, he wasn't. Yeah. He and was I don't think we there. were meant to think that they were tied together, but that is the second appearance of that guy, which I thought was significant. But no, mm-hmm. the, the dude that they go and speak to who's like basically don't come in here I'm a, I'm gonna blow you away right and
1: I don't know how did you take his reaction to they're all dead when he asked specifically about the one dude and they're like well no he's alive but like he's not you know like we can't you can't talk to him or oh yeah like he that. did reference is it lund I think yeah lund
0: yeah and so um, it seems like maybe you know he wasn't friends with all of them but he had like a buddy or two that he Interacted with. Okay. Right.
1: And just the idea that it's like, okay, you are an engineer. So, like, that's snowfall, small feet. But then, like, whatever happens, you leave and now you're just out here. Like, what happened? That's my question is like, what happened that made you leave? You know what I mean? Right. Because is, is, did maybe like they discover whoever they woke up and, and so he was like, we don't need to be doing this. And they were like, screw you, dude. We're going to do it with or without you. If you can't figure it out, we'll find somebody else. So he just bails because he knows like this is not something we need to be messing with. Mm-hmm. Because we, I mean, as much as I want to say like she is Annie Kay, like I think she's somebody completely different. I don't think it's. I mean, there's the implication by the end of this
0: episode that she could fucking be Navarro's mom for all we know. Exactly. And, so, yeah. So, and again, how much she is a you know supernatural force if you will or you know or is she an idea that gets right supplanted in your head and slowly drives you mad which again i almost like more if that's kind of where we're headed because that is the true that's the true lovecraftian or oh my god dude the car scene with the two of them (laughs) Yeah, when uh when danvers is just like i don't go in for any of that the fact that she said cosmic shit i was just like dude hell yeah yes but she was like i don't go in for that cosmic shit that chupa <laughs> she's like are you, Ch- 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 chupa. are you trying to say chupa cabra like yeah oh, you know that's what I mean. whatever she's just like there's no magic there's no fucking magic i just right. and i again i love the framing she's even highlighting it more she's in the rust seat But she's Marty, and then we uh pan the camera back over to the Mm -hmm. to the other side, and it's like we've it's a further again the dark mirror of season one. Oh yeah, definitely all fucking twisted around. But again, at the same time, I love that they don't feel like carbon copies of each other because you're taking to me elements that are that have become hallmarks of the series. But like, let's talk about prior for a minute, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. His dynamic has been fundamentally altered seemingly with Danvers just because it's like, I got slapped in the, I got slapped in the fucking face by my dad because I'm like, I'm helping you out. And like, is it worth all the trouble, blah, 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 maybe right. kind of second guess. So they're a little soured at this moment, but, you know, he comes home, he accidentally wakes up the wife and they have, you know, he has the moment of like, you know, you marry you married a cop. And she's like, no, I didn't like, you weren't a cop when I fucking met you. And it very much felt like I was like, oh, this is Marty. And, uh, exactly. I, forgive me. I forget Michelle Monahan's uh character name, but it's a hundred percent. Just we're right back to that, you know, almost more traditional. The thing you expect from the detective genre, which is just like, oh, the jobs, you know, the jobs too much, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I thought not, Oh my God. I had a, Oh, I think I have it in my notes because I had a, I had a prior spit. Okay. Hold on. Let's, let's get back. Let's get back to some, okay. Before they head out to, before they get on the trail of, uh, going back to the, the hair girl, which then leads them to, uh, to kind of down the chain. Eventually they find the Oliver guy, et cetera. Okay. Uh, when they assemble all of the uh right. the yeah, evidence they have, we have like, let's I put just, it all out their moment I, but, I really dug that scene because it it felt like legitimate detective work the moment when they're like that that's a candid photo like everything else here was selfies it was time right, tagged we somebody know somebody took from, this one. but somebody yeah. took this one and like Okay. Well, it's not just like that's the instant clue. It's like okay, well, let's look for more of these, and then eventually you find we, the blue you know. hair dye. And I'm just like, I, I like that shit, dude. It's like mm-hmm. it's clever. It's clever. Enjoy. Yeah. And again, it's showing like they're they're smart, dude. You know, they're mm-hmm. she's got she's got an eye for detail. She may be a complete wreck as a person, but Danvers is a pretty fucking smart detective
1: when she can focus out on it. The thing I think is interesting is that thus far to me we have not really seen her like pre this. We've heard about her, but we well, haven't think seen the, her and we and ju-
0: I, I mean we see her in the seven year timeline, the the flashback in this, and I think and we've seen her in the brief flashback of like dancing with the husband. Uh-huh. To to, to uh or it wasn't to Twist and Shout, it was something else. Uh but Twist yeah. and Shout was playing with the kid.
1: Uh You know yeah it was something else but it was um you're right but yeah so no, we, no, but, oh sorry i didn't make cut you off go ahead no no, no that's my thing it's like i think it's interesting that like we have her in this mode and it's like yeah man she's just she's fucking anything that will you know that can't run away fast enough you know <laughs> like it's all that so i'm interested to see coming forward when we get to these flashbacks is she like nicer you know is she the mom type figure the entire time? Is, is she as gruff yeah, around the Because it's like, that to me is going to be like the ultimate, like anybody who has anything to say about her or the performance is going to be like, she spent all this time in all these episodes making you be like, man, this she's kind of eh. She made you feel like you wanted to hate on her. But then, here we go, the last two, three episodes, whatever, and she's just killing it because you see these flashbacks of like her being truly like, happy, really good at like what she was doing in her job thus far and then like what are the effects of the the case that they're lying about and then like the aftermath of that, how has that turned her into like this gruff and obviously what happens to her husband and possibly other child, you know, whatever like whatever that event is like how is that going to morph her and what are we going to see, you know in the flashbacks of how she was like that performance and then like and there's Moving there seems forward. like there's kind of this deep-seated
0: dislike of her. And she also seems to have this baked-in rejection of the Anupiak culture that's there. But the mm-hmm. way all of them look at her, it's it's like there's some further implication. And I don't like I don't mean to draw this as a comparison, but I don't I don't know if it's like, you know an interracial dating sort of thing oh you know, no you no know, yeah totally i get Where that, that have, right like they're all yeah, looking at him the, like
1: you that's the vibe by this guy, guy. right yeah. because that's the thing i noticed like when when she does show up to the um the thing for the the, the thing that they're all at and um, the, the child who's been born stillborn right yeah. it's all women
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know there's no men there and it's it's one right. of these things of like you yeah is that a predominant thing? Because I mean, that, that is a predominant thing in like a a reservation dogs, different native culture, Mm -hmm. you know, inland, not in the ice, all that, but at the core native culture that is predominantly women, you know? And -hmm. I think that's the key here on top of everything is like, yes, this is written by women, you know, or, or a woman and like showing all this stuff. But at the same time, it's kind of commenting on the idea of like, again, like we've said, the first season, it's Black Mirror or Dark Mirror is going to be like all female and like driven by that. And there's this whole just like the idea that she, who is not one of them, managed to like, I don't know if they would look at her as like, a, I don't want to say white devil, but like they look at her as like, you're that white lady cop that got with. This one, you know, guy that maybe all of us are like, oh, we the whole community loved. He was a great guy. He got with you, and what happened? He's not here anymore. We don't know exactly why, you know, but he's not here anymore. So there's just that little bit of disdain that they all know who she is, not just for being a cop, but because they know who she was involved with, who she was married to, and that just is ultimately going to have her pegged as this thing. And I feel like that may have even informed, like, what happened moving forward like we don't necessarily know when that event happened with her so does that event with her ex-husband and the child does that happen and then we deal with annie Kay. and so like she's dealing with the fallout and stigma from whatever happens to that that sours her that's why she doesn't want to pursue the annie k thing because it's like we we know who did this it was sent as a message like what do you want me to do you know but we also know that like I don't think she shows up until after that happens, right? Because she shows up after that Annie K thing and um Navarro tries to get her to reopen it and she just doesn't want to deal with it. So I don't I don't know how that's gonna play, but I'm I'm interested to see where that moves forward. What exactly are we not seeing with um the ex-husband or, or her husband you know, former husband and 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 uh I'm assuming it's her own child. I would not assume that it was another or and that could even be it, too, is the fact that it's like maybe it was stepdad with two kids and she was like that. And for whatever reason, father and son or father and whatever was th- are gone, I'm assuming died in some kind of accident based off of the whole DUI thing in the first one. But That's like what we're assuming. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, so here's that. And it's like, OK, you come to town you maybe get this guy to leave his wife or like whatever happens, she divorces or like he never had a, you know, his wife is already dead. He gets with you and then bam, he's gone and you're still hanging on. Like, you know, maybe maybe his wife is another missing woman
0: or another Mm -hmm. murdered woman, potentially, because the, also the introduction of like, navarro's mom and that whole backstory where it's just like all we know is she was murdered it's like suddenly the annie k thing is like even further deepened because it's like this is clearly what made her become a cop in the first place exactly was the yeah. murder of of a woman an unsolved murder presumably well she mm-hmm. she literally says they never caught him um going back to the meeting with the hairstylist again we get a little detail on the tattoo I thought this was significant because again, in an episode that is not giving these like huge lore tie-ins, right. Getting thematic threads that are, you know, I think organically tying a lot of the seasons together, but this was, so we mentioned the Wheeler case, the unreliable narrator. That's a direct parallel to the Reggie Ledoux sequence in season Mm -hmm. one. And in season three, uh, I forget that dude's name, but the guy they take out to the, to the barn (laughs) and uh, you know,
1: um, Harris
0: oh. James, Harris James. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Don't ask uh, me why. I was trying to pull it too, I could not, but I know that's right. As soon as you said it, I was like, That's right. That's correct. Okay, so we find out the reason she got the tattoo is because she dreamed it mm-hmm. because she dreamed it during high school. Okay. And once she got the tattoo, the dream stopped. Hmm. For me personally, I had one line and one line only playing in the back of my head. What's that? They had animal faces, so I knew it had to be a dream. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. Dude. Okay. 100%. As soon as they said that, I was like, hold on, hold the phone. Hold everything because so much of what, and this ties into what we were just talking about with these missing indigenous women in particular, Mm -hmm. what we essentially discovered in season one, which was like so nefarious when you actually like stepped back and really thought about it, just like beyond sinister Mm -hmm. that the way that the tuttles like got, you know, these kids within their grasp, was not only like there was religion baked into it it was the sponsored Mm -hmm. schools under the guise of like well we're not going to teach this evolution bullshit we're teaching the word of god and Mm -hmm. like in that guise they basically farmed out a bunch of kids for their pedophile ring okay Mm -hmm. like beyond upsetting okay but i could not get over the fact that again in that sequence we or When Russ catches up with that character, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, they were drugging us. And that's an element with the kids that Ledoux and his uh, Mm -hmm. accomplices have. And it's like, yeah, the idea, that like, and that's an echo of season three as well, where the girl had been given fucking lithium, like slow Mm -hmm. dosed like most of her young life so that she did in fact think all this shit was a dream because and so i'm just sitting there going like the spiral is in her head because perhaps i'm just speculating but like she was targeted as a kid again we've set up that like these like kids go missing women go missing it's not investigated like murders happen people disappear out here you know they just kind of walk off into space. As Navarro mentions, like, you ever want to just – you ever just feel like you just want to fucking disappear? And I'm like, I don't know. And by the time we get to the end of this episode, like, the shit that's happening with her, dude. I, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, it immediate – but that that reference to she dreamed it, I was just like, is it a repressed memory kind of thing cropping up where she has been like – oh, this has to be a dream. My image of the spiral or whatever, it's like, no, you've you've seen that. You've seen that before in childhood. It's like a repressed memory sort of thing. Right. And it's somehow in like, you know, naming it, claiming it sort of thing. She gets the tattoo, you know. She no doesn't, have, power, she doesn't right. have the association with it. So this like, this thought of, oh, she was wrapped up in it, like as in like into it or like, seduced by it so to speak mm-hmm. the crooked spiral the cult of carcosa whatever we want to call it um i'm like off of that trail you know it seems like it was a it, it had a different significance to her given what we learned about the
1: you know it being a dream right yeah no it or i mean you or you're just you're you're mystery it could be she got the we know that she got the tattoo because she dreamed it but it's like it could very easily be that like that's just like whether it was it wasn't put on her any other way, but like everybody who like is associated with that somewhere down the line has that tattoo somewhere, whether they've seen it and got tattooed by it, or like as a I look I always looked at it as like that's a brand, maybe not necessarily for like the entire thing, but it definitely was like a childrest childrest bland brand thing because I got to thinking about it the other day, if you look at, like, how old he is when they find him in season one at the end, you got to believe that, like, that dude was, like, all that shit happened to him as a child. Oh, 100%. Like, he was on a, like, he was on a tape somewhere or an 8 millimeter film or something like that back in the day. And... Presumably Reggie and DeWall for all we know. like Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now it was like, okay, this is what they were indoctrinated with. So as they're growing up, it's like, well, this is naturally what we're going to do. You know, mm-hmm. we're just going to move. We're going to. But children still has that childlike thing of him where he wants to like, you know, like how he's talking to and out and whatnot mm-hmm. with the, the, you know, the bravado one minute and quoting stuff the other. And it's like. It becomes a thing where it's like some of the men who may be involved to me, it was like at that point they were like, we're just like gonna be dressed up here and watching this. Like we're not gonna be physically or actively involved because we know there's a camera and we know there's DNA and stuff now. Mm-hmm. We'll let these crazy fucks that we've been doing this to for years, we'll let them run around. But we're just gonna be here to be like, Yeah, this is what we do. We're just, you know. The Crooked Spiral Syndicate. Yeah, whatever the hell you we'll we we'll pull us.
0: this out when we're when we're having a cigar in our you know dark wooden dens and stuff yeah. in our fucking mansions yeah. with our. When one of us dies, crew.
1: Nicolas Cage will find the eight millimeter film and his wife, his the, our, our wife's going to ask him how to how to fucking yeah. like, dude. If you uh, talk about one that like you that that one so bothers me, eight millimeter. Yeah, um, just because of watching it at early age, but yeah, with this, what was I going to say? With the um. Yeah, you know, with well, the stuff with her mom, and then like, it, of course, they get the stuff from the the hairdresser and all that. But then they go, where was it? Um, oh. they brought the um when they brought the the taxidermy dude, or like the, and he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think these guys were like, I don't think they froze to death. Like something got to them, and then they died. Yeah, like they didn't just. He's like, you know, if most people or animals or anything like that when they freeze, it's very peaceful. It's just kind of like they just kind of slip away and go to sleep. That's not what happened here. And I, that's what I've been thinking about every time we take a show. He shot references
0: we, the caribou.
1: Right. That we see in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And it's like every time we have a shot of that thing and they're all mangled together, I'm like, how are we ass-? like I get maybe, you know. Okay. They may have chewed some of their own fingers off or whatever, but it's like, do we even just could the guy have been like covering his face and something has come along and eaten it post mortem? But it just looks like he was trying to eat his own hand because yeah. I just, it doesn't look, it's great visual, but it just doesn't, I've, I've, I'm not saying I had that feeling and I was like, okay, they confirmed it. But it is this thing of like, I just can't see how you would just supposedly freeze to death in that manner, you know? Yeah, no, I. It doesn't I, make any sense. I think it was meant to,
0: you know, I don't know maybe because of how it was, and the fact that one of them came out of the configuration, in my mind, it's like, maybe it was, they were, you know, well, and the fact that the one dude was still alive, which of course we'll never fucking know now. Yeah. We'll dude. never fucking know now. Let's go ahead. We got like, okay. Hold yeah. On. We can jump on. to that last sequence. Dude. Well, no, let me, let me, no, 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 hold on. Let me just make sure it didn't have anything else I wanted to hit. Oh, just like, we also, sorry, there was a lot of stuff that happened with the hairdresser.
1: <laughs>
0: we didn't talk about the fact that oh, she, she re- rep- reported, reported it right
1: to Ted. Yeah.
0: To Hank. Hank Pryor. Who's Ted? Ted is Eccleson. Oh. Yeah. When oh, she, she says she, you're still she's... fucking Ted, she means like you're still fucking the boss. Cause yeah. she knows about that, and again, Danvers is under the impression that like he <laughs> knows about that, and she's like, she's yeah everybody, like, knows everybody about knows about <laughs> this shit,
1: dude. Yeah, um, I do, I do love the bit where he was like, "How about you playing Mrs. Robinson, my boy?" Dude, I who's Mrs. Robinson? I was that like, dude, whole I'm like,
0: back and forth. I was,
1: I was laughing. That was, mm-hmm. that was some good shit.
0: But yeah, they come in and dress him down, and she, and he is very dismissive about Annie. Um, and it just, it seems so fucking clear that like. And again, I I've never pointed it out on any of these, but I'm like, you know, sometimes the shit just hides in plain sight. But I'm like, Hank Pryor definitely has priors, bro. He oh, was definitely involved. Like, I mean, we said this from the get go, but it's like he's clearly obfuscating evidence. He's he's covering up something, and I don't mm-hmm. know to what extent. Sorry, this leads me back to Young Pryor. The scene with him and his wife. Mm-hmm. there's the whole tension where he's like, maybe I don't want to be a fucking joke anymore. And I kept coming back to this thing that it's like, you see the way that Hank conducts himself out when it's like, I'm going to bring in the locals like to go out on this manhunt and everything. And he mm-hmm. see again, it's just another jackass move. Where we're just like, dude, this guy's a fucking joke. Like he's an idiot. He's not good at his job. He's like the equivalent of, I guess like an Alaskan good old boy. He's got like, you know, anyways, but I kept coming back to this, like, okay, Ryer is definitely, like, got this chip on his shoulder. I want to prove myself. And it's like, so maybe initially he becomes a cop because it's like, oh, well, that's what my dad does. The natural, like, son thing of, like, oh, I want to impress my father. I want to live up to his expectations, whatever. Whether that mm-hmm. was self-imposed or not. Right. And then maybe he sees, like, oh, my dad's kind of shit. He's not really good at this. And he sees in Danvers in this current moment as an opportunity to, like, well, this is an actual, like, I, I want to be a true detective, so to speak. I don't want right. to be a fucking joke. I don't right. want to be associated with my dad in that sort of way. But I kept coming back to this thing of, like, you know, blood is blood, Peter. Mm-hmm. Is is Peter, inv- and is Peter so seemingly invested in this, this case, not just because of the potential, you know, just because it's a fucking wild thing, mm-hmm. but is it some sort of make good for something that he was part of or privy to, you know, whether super conscious of or not, did he help his dad cover something up? Maybe not fully knowing what it was and has now come to question like, you know, did, did I aid in maybe, you know, keeping this murderer from being found? Or again, I think what the ultimate reveal may be, it was Hawks all along and, and he, he did in fact kill Andy k but who knows who knows but i'm just it further that that like oh i gotta prove it mentality coming out with the wife and again the weird thing with the son in the first episode where he was just like oh shit call back there what was the name of the, the finger lady the creepy finger like the myth that the grandmother tells the kid about uh, we gotta uh, go back to that scene because is that not the name that Lund says at the end of this episode
1: I didn't catch him saying a name but yeah yeah no he bl- says bl- like Tolmuk or something Tulumuk or whatever yeah 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 it's gotta be Yeah, is we need to go back and watch that scene but I was because is I, Danvers is giving her like it's, it's that night when Danvers goes to his house after like making him stay out right so she hears the grandmother tell him, tell the boy that story, right? Danvers does not hear it. No. Oh, I thought
0: the Pri- prior, mm-hmm. prior comes home and he finds that picture.
1: That oh, yeah, drew, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Which, of course, again, tie into to season one mm-hmm. with Marty's daughter drawing the picture that we never hear. It's just, you know, it's just referenced, but, um, Mm-hmm. So again, we're just, you know, we're drawing the parallels. But uh yeah, and then the wife tells prior about that me- I want to go back and revisit that scene for sure. Um but yeah, I was like, oh, is she is she the one that's awake potentially? Mm. So yeah, anything else you wanted to hit before that that finale? Because I feel like that final scene is gonna be very divisive.
1: Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think.
0: I still feel like it's or yeah. Anything you want to hit? I think. Oh, that's we did get much... the. Oh, excuse me. We got the two moments with Navarro, isolated out on the ice, very purposefully isolated out on the ice. There's the early one before she gets the call about her sister. I believe, where she throws the orange, and the orange comes back to her, very shining. esque obviously. With mm-hmm. Danny in the ball. Um right. So there's that, but it's very quickly interrupted by she gets a call on the phone. So it's like, you know, we move away from that. That's the first first sentence. And then there's another time later on where she's back out like looking, investigating, presumably they're still looking for Clark, but she's in like a different area. And she slips hits her uh, head on the ice, hits her head, comes up, and she's presumably like back in the Middle East. Flashback. We think, but then we're mixing the imagery because what seems to be Danvers again, either son or stepson, mm-hmm. uh says, "Tell mommy." And then I put, I mean put the subtitles on. It's obscured. What what he says after that? Mm-hmm. I, I again, my brain wants to hear a T word. I want to hear for hearing like Tolmuk or whatever the, excuse me, sneeze. bless you I don't think we've had one of those on mic in a while sorry no it's been a minute Whoa. Uh, but yeah so there's those two instances we also have the moment where she goes out and talks to her sister who's like feels like something's coming after her she's kind of losing it a little bit she's having some maybe suicidal ideation and the third and final one is the hammer blow at the end of this, where it's like Navarro, this whole, it's almost like she kind of starts the series open to this side of her culture, but still maybe a little more practical, if you will. And it's like the meeting with Rose opens her up a little bit. And there's still this sense of like, well, I got my shit together, like mentally speaking, but like, You know, I I am concerned about my sister. My mom had issues, et cetera, et cetera. But we've slowly threaded in with like with the polar bear moment. In episode one, the hearing she, you know, she hears she's awake and we have established like weird shit happens out here. It's kind of a known thing, at least it's presumably in the indigenous community that like, yeah, you just see shit sometimes like weird vibes, spirits, you know, we're at the edge of the world, weird shit happens. And mm-hmm. you either accept it or you don't. But I feel like you're you're kind of meant to be actively questioning and I think it plays with it in an interesting way this final moment, but because it's very much it's strictly from her perspective, Danvers is pulled away, there's like the locals fighting in the uh in the front of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then we get a straight up I I was thinking Pet Cemetery. Like the tone of voice and everything. I was picturing dude that, uh, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that.
0: That makes sense. That, that that vibe is what I was getting. And a little bit of uh, a show we were a little mixed on, but still had a fun time. You remember The Outsider? Yeah. Yeah. A little, you know, let's get a little bit of that vibe, but we get essentially like a possession scene and it's mm-hmm. like your mom's waiting for you and okay. <laughs> You're like, And then points at her somewhere to the way the mom was pointing in the flashback, which I think we got in episode two Yes, it's a flashback to her and her sister. Uh, yeah, Cause yeah. her mom looked and like then, she was going through a weird exorcism thing.
1: Yes. That
0: time too. And then he, you know, seizes essentially and dies. And that's it. So we got one word out of him essentially. And again, a private moment with Navarro that again, I think you can approach as like, you know, again, I think if you have a natural aversion to like, you didn't want it to tip Supernatural, you're going to use this as ammunition to be like, oh man, I hate that they did that shit. That was some horror movie bullshit. Like I didn't like that stuff. Right. But I think the thread of like those two prior moments in the episode, Navarro is on a... A journey if you will or if you want to look at it this way she's mentally breaking down this shit the unexplainable nature of it she's trying to wrap her head around it and she's not able to and something else is trying to maybe guide her but she may not be fully open to that yet you know um i don't know i think we're in a very interesting space and that's before we get to the very final moment of this episode which is it was just tossed away earlier. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, Danvers tells Pryor, like, hey, just just figure it out. Just unlock Annie's phone. It's like you're 30, yeah. you can do this. You know what you're doing, please and do I'm this. sorry. When they established that he's 30, I'm I'm 33 myself. When they established that he's 30, and then he's like, Who's Mrs. Robinson? I was like, What the fuck, man? Like seriously. Come on. Yeah. I was like, funny joke made me laugh, but like, seriously, you never watched the fucking graduate, dude? What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. I think I watched The Graduate when I was like 10. Or no, I would have been 12. It was whenever Garden State came out because it was like The, the Graduate for a New Generation. And I was like, what's The Graduate? I knew what The Graduate was before that. I was a big, big Mike Nichols guy. Just, just making a joke. Um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, yeah, okay, excuse me. So they cracked the phone. Dude, were you, I mean, what'd you think of this video, man? Again, I, it's, just, it's just a hint, but I'm sorry. I see an ice tunnel and it's like, I think I found it. And I'm just like, you know, you find, you find a portal girl. Yeah. Did you, did you find a, but you find a portal of the ancient ones? Yeah. Is there a tentacle about to drag you? Like, is that what we hear you screaming at the end of the episode? Do you mm-hmm. see a person or is that a, is that the, the scream that you Admit when you see some unspeakable horror, something you cannot explain. I've just, yeah. where was she? What's going And sure enough, you know, next time on, we're looking for some ice tunnels. And we already have the imagery from the trailer. We haven't gotten it yet. I, at this point, I'm thinking it's a penultimate thing, or maybe, maybe it's a finale thing. We know Jodie Foster's going in that ice. Of course. We know she's going in that ice. Uh interested to see what she finds down there. Maybe a one-eyed polar bear. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe the secret truth of the universe. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Ray, maybe Ray Velcoro. Maybe that's where they dumped his body. That I'm could just, be. That was public. That was public, right? Like, no. They just wait the force? Okay, i'm sorry i went off on a tangent but like in in the season two wrap-up like yeah they kill him in the forest but like isn't it written off as like oh he was corrupt or like don't they like essentially slander his name in the public everybody should they, yeah.
1: they they don't like they basically shot they they pin uh Chisani's murder on him. yeah i think they put it like he was corrupt they were partners yeah. yeah
0: which mm-hmm. is the ultimate tragedy again because you're like oh the kid man the kid's gonna think his dad was a piece of shit like, yeah because he, he tells know? him like, yeah, he's know. yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Uh Sorry, we can't. We can't help ourselves, dude. We're we're just always, always trying to bring it back to season two. I did. Oh, so I was talking to Tim on the phone the other day, and you know, speculating about stuff. He's like, you know, it'd be He's like, if they really want to get people reinvested, they need to bring back Vince Vaughn. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, that would be that would when. Is when I would truly would be like, dude, Isa Lopez
1: gets it as if she was just like, yeah, that's who I want back. Of course. Um, have you have you gone in and looked at any of like the and stuff that people have talked about from the episodes like since just to bring it back? Because there's some stuff in here that I thought was really or, interesting.
0: I, I'm I'm sure there's
1: more more stuff than we've touched on. So, so yeah, let's let's, let's, let's wrap up too. with some more connections and then we'll get out of uh, here. This is just week. what I think is funny. It's interesting, actually. So this is from a Vanity Fair article talking about the part one of, of Night Country. And it says, The show's first episode begins with a stark epigraph. or We do not know what beast the night dreams when its hour grows too long for even God to be awake. And it says the text is attributed to Hildred Castigan, a name that might be familiar to True Detective season one diehards. Hildred is the protagonist of the short story, Bound the in King Robert, WT. Yep. Yeah, the King in Yellow. Yeah. Um, and then it's like it says more specifically, Hildred is a unreliable narrator of a story called the uh The Rapier in of Reputations. He's an illusional figure who believes himself to be the heir of a royal dynasty that descends from the stars and is driven mad in part by reading the fictional play, also titled *The Yellow King*. Saurian's in the confession to murders, followed by an editor's note. Simply reads, "Mr. Casca died yesterday in the asylum for the criminally insane." That line opens all of all of Night Country. Um, what 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 was said? And it's just I I'd never. I needed. I, I well, should have gone back should, and watched these. I
0: should also note. I don't know if it's noted in that article. I've I've heard this tidbit. The the cooler thing about it, that mm-hmm. quote, is she not wrote from. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she wrote Lisa it. Yeah, Lopez yeah. just mm-hmm. wrote it and was like, "I need a cool quote to open it. I know this is what I wanted to say, so fuck mm-hmm. it." And I'll then just she's like, "I'm it, yeah. going to attribute it to this person because this will totally like people will be on the train from episode one that like, oh, I'm doing it." i'm doing it i'm playing in playing in those waters mm-hmm. playing in the cosmos actually is how we should put it uh yeah man um anything else from that uh that vanity fair piece you want to look at because i was trying to go back to the name um i think we've done a pretty good job of of catching a lot of them, and again, the more I feel like the thing that people aren't even looking at is connections. But I'm just like, there's so many thematic threads, like visually and just story wise, so far that are becoming established hallmarks of the series. Yeah, um... but very, very clearly to me, obviously, there's so many points of reference to season one. But there's been there's a lot of three tissue in there. There is. Uh, I I would you know I'd like to see everybody get a little play and I would love some light thematic references to season two. I'm just saying, I think it's doable. I think it's doable. And I, uh, I would be interested to see how that would be done. Okay.
1: Uh, Oh, hang on. There's um. Oh, Gavin. There's Gavin. A, okay. He's, he's a, going there's through there's the a, files. He's, he's found <laughs> there's This article says there's a big old box labeled meth in the Innis Police Department evidence room. And this might be a reach, but the season one antagonist, Reggie Ledoux, was a meth peddler whose lab was the site of the climactic <laughs> episode I'm like, all right, that might be a little bit of stretch. But like, it's but just one were of these. they
0: drugging those kids. Mm hmm. Just like they were drugging Annie Kay, which is why she didn't remember the spiral.
1: They have a talk about the orange and like, um...
0: yeah, e- Issa had referenced "look out for oranges," I think as well. The guy who plays Peter, uh, had said okay. to look out for the oranges. other thing is, I guess. So we I already guess... got that moment. I don't, I don't know what the significance of the oranges, other than. You know, in The Godfather, you eat a fucking orange, you're dead, uh, or you're yeah, exactly. gonna get shot. Uh, so, yeah.
1: I guess it was probably just because an orange is gonna look different, and the only thing that stand out against like the white. Um, you need the contrast, also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm. I was trying to look and see if anybody put the the clue together with the name thing because I, I think... want to
0: know how much that orange cost in Anna, Alaska. Oh, I'm dude, assuming it's, it's like, f- a, what,
1: like a like eight fifty, nine and a half, depending on yeah, yeah.
0: Something I had not thought about. I love that little detail, though. When they went into the went into the, the market, shop, I'm like, yeah. "Oh yeah, the markup," because the extra yeah. like fucking like shipping three weeks to and get it here yeah. stuff. I'm like, oh, that would suck. That
1: would suck, man. Yeah, no, that's Her- a constant I think thing. Teeter we... is expensive down here. Fuck yeah. Them. Well, that's the constant thing we have. Like when we're talking, Because like, "I, I don't think I could live there." I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I don't think so." I said I wouldn't she's like you know just driving out like that and I'm like well you know the snow kind of eliminates 90% of the things that you're going to encounter here in South Carolina the things you're going to encounter are just much bigger and if you are left alone they could probably you know do some damage to you if you aren't careful but yeah you know you're not going to have squirrels you're not going to have like random possums and so you may still have possums out in Alaska I don't know but there's just a certain like you know certain things that you don't you're not going to encounter that you would hear but it's still like I don't I don't know if I can live in darkness all that much. The only issue I did have was there's one time when they're in the car and it very much looks like the sun is setting or the sun is out at some point. Maybe that might just be like a changeover thing when it's going to go back to like what we know as like daytime or nighttime for them. They look like they're going to have a sunrise, but really they don't. And then just the moon pops back up somehow. I don't know when they're
0: driving in the car. Yeah. Kind of extended or like the extended conversation scene. I, yeah. Yeah, no, same thing. But Absolutely. I've had that i I've had that same thought sometime with some of the interiors and it trips me out. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, it's the it's those big like exterior lights reflecting
1: mm-hmm. off of the snow, you know. Mm-hmm. And the night, you know, it Yeah. I get and I could see that too. But it just I you know, in not Intentional about
0: it. I, it would be wild right. if we all of a sudden spotted one where it's like, oh, did
1: you guys forget to color correct this? Like, Right. Yeah. And again, that could be it. It's like, I'm I'm paying attention to what they're saying and they're, how they're, you know, just learning what you can about them back and forth with everything. And so it's like, I'm listening, but I'm also paying attention to the background. I'm like, are they supposed to be in daytime? We're in the present day. They're in darkness. They've done such a good job of like keeping the, the, um, because like, okay, there's,
0: just the again the like the multiple times in this episode where you see Navarro out searching on her own right you know separated by about maybe 10-15 minutes of like screen time again I'm like is this later that night is it like were you out there in the morning and this is you coming back like in the evening and like all the again all the trekking they do all you know Mm -hmm. I personally like that I don't really have a sense of the geography at all because it just adds to the like you know, this is its own world sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's not like I really need to know like, oh, this is five minutes from this, but it did just feel like they were like ping ponging all over the the town, uh mm-hmm. in this episode. Uh and I feel like we've got I feel like we gotta come back to the dude out at the camp, right? Yeah. In some way. It just seems like a a loose threat. And they get kind of pulled away from it, right? Because they get well, they're leaving anyways because he's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you," but.
1: But that's also that's interesting. You but say they that, do that too get because of to the hospital almost immediately. But. Well, it is. It's interesting you say that they get pulled away to do something else because and like, okay. You asked me what I thought of them when it's like, oh, he's alive. Whatever, is that the questioning of a man who's like, oh, my friends are still alive, or is that a guy like, oh, I didn't get him. I thought I got them all. Yeah, You know, so that's interesting that you talk about just you saying, oh, they get pulled away from it. I think I didn't recognize him, Marty, because his son was backlighting his face and he was sitting down and realized how big he was. I thought he was just dirty, but and see the scars on his face, you know, like that, that being a pivotal Cause, thing. Cause because what do we,
0: what do we don't learn any new piece of information from him? Correct. They come out there, he's very aggressive, and mm-hmm. they tell him one guy's still in the hospital, he's not doing mm-hmm. very well, the rest of them are dead. But mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's basically like, what the hell? And then it's like, okay, if you don't have an arrest warrant, like you need to get the hell out of here right now. Um, yeah, no kind of shoes. Shoes them off, but it's like, that's, and again, I can't get over the fact that the one dude that we saw there, is the hunter from the opening of episode mm-hmm. one. And I, just, and they, and it's one of those like there's things. There's another it's like, shoe to drop because again, it's like that dude's out on the, out on the ice. I I, I, I don't
1: know. And maybe that dude saw everything that this guy did. And that's why he, cause you can think about it. They're out there. They're nomad, whatever like thing they're doing and whatnot. If they really like really, really, really don't want this dude to be talked to. Or for them to know where he's at, they just say, "No, nah, I hadn't seen him. He's been running around. Like we don't know. Sorry, officers, we don't know." But they're like, "I don't know if he's around," and they're pointing like he's in the shack over here. Yeah. So they're verbalizing that if he's listening, they're like, "Oh, we don't think he's around," you know. And they're like, "Okay," mm-hmm. like to this group, like, could that group be afraid of him for some reason one or another, you know? So that you know, you throw that in there. So yeah, I don't know if we come back to him, but it's one of those where it's like. I was thinking about this the other day because I did start and I didn't realize he had anything to do with it until I um, and I probably shouldn't know this, but I just wanted to restart the killing because I hadn't watched it all the Mm -hmm. way through ever. I watched as they same. I I
0: I fell off after I think like midway through season two. I just Mm -hmm. like lost track of it one week. That's when I used to watch stuff on AMC like week to week, and then I just never never caught back up. When does Skarsgård come in? Sarsgard, excuse me, not Skarsgård. Sarsgard, yeah. He comes in, in three. three. You said? I
1: always wanted to make time for that one. So, dude, it's so it's it's yeah. good. Maybe I'll get. And back. then, and then you know they got the fourth season from Netflix when they ended three on a cliffhanger. Oh, wow. so yeah, so there's another. There's yeah, there's a whole. It's okay. It, it takes place at a military academy. It's still them. Two of them. Yep. And it does have ties back into the case with Sarsgaard because Sarsgaard is like. The case that made her go crazy and go into the asylum, or go into get you know, had to go into a mental health facility for a little bit. Okay, so but like I saw the Pizzolato wrote on a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So, but the, and I kept as I'm watching through season one, I'm like, they are fucking throwing every goddamn red herring you can think of at you in the first four or five episodes. Oh, it was the, kid, I'm, the and, teenagers and all that different stuff. This is you know? something that never like fully it
0: didn't coalesce in retrospect because I think I chronologically, I definitely saw the first season of the killing prior, but, right. uh, when I finally did do all of twin peaks, which at right. that point was just seasons one and two, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, literally the killing is <laughs> twin peaks, but no fun. <laughs> like right. take all the fun out of twin The peaks, gritty, the, gritty that's the real, killing. I was like, gritty, that's real literally the killing. Yeah. Um, yeah who, who killed rosie larson right right didn't quite have the staying power of who killed fucking laura no. palmer sorry they do but just their whole ad campaign for that season i just it had you know i didn't think of it at the time because i didn't have the twin peaks association but like if you Me were either. if you were a television fan of a certain age you probably were like look at these fucking idiots trying to like recapture the magic like you're really, that's your ad campaign? That's your whole ad campaign is who killed Rosie Larson. I don't know. But I loved that first season. I thought it was uh, phenomenal. And that was our introduction to not only Kenneman, but uh, Mariel Enos for me as well. who's was yeah. phenomenal. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. And then we had the Rocketeer in there. I was happy about that. So
0: yeah, check out Check out The Killing if you're still in those vibes. We, we vouch for multiple seasons. Available on AMC+. You Yet another um,
1: plug for AMC+. Plus. And while
0: you're over there, check out Monsieur Spade, which aired uh, episode three tonight. I will be catching up with that tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to it. I have heard, I have not seen this yet, but I've heard that Monsieur Spade might have a vague supernatural element that is going hmm. to rear its head. So all these true detective naysayers it can't exist in your detective fiction it's okay. Yeah. Um uh, more more to come on that. I just I saw it vaguely referenced in an article and I was like, "Wait, what? I haven't none of that has started yet." So maybe that's happening tonight. I'm curious. Hmm.
1: Uh which is interesting that like if you look I mean, I feel like if you if you're looking at like pulp novels or pulp magazines and stuff in the late 10s and 20s into the 30s, and when you're getting like the classic, like true detective, like magazines and stuff, and like the stuff that seems to be always referencing like serial killers, like, oh, I watched, I read these books when I was little, and like they had women on the cover and tied up, and all you know, like, right? Those are like right next to like the Lovecrafts cosmic horror. And like, if you read Lovecraft, there are a lot of them that are like, they aren't quote unquote like detectives, but they read like. I don't know what it is that propelled me to do this thing, but I felt some unearthly call to investigate what was going on here. So I had to travel through the woods into this idyllic yeah, – it's, it's you know, writers it's, or professors,
0: yeah. scientists, like – Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's often always a question they're trying to yeah.
0: – men of science or reason or right. men of religion and faith. Like, right. Those are kind of the two like style of protagonists exactly. that you have um yeah and uh we should go deeper uh at some point into we we always reference it as lovecraft but like the the king in yellow mythology and all of that like all of that predates him like it's in it's stuff that he picked up and ran with and like built out more of the lore of but like it has been i love that the all of this lore so to speak Has been an ongoing conversation between different Mm -hmm. fantasy and sci-fi writers like over decades and decades where it's like people add to it, people change things. The mythos is ever, you know, evolving and changing. And there are no rules to it, which is why it is the perfect thing to incorporate into your show because nobody's holding you to, oh, well, these are the rules of Carcosa. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even in the way it's presented in the text – We don't know. We don't fucking know, you know, a lot of it. And that's, that's where the beauty lies is the, the, you know, the vagueness. And that's where, that's where the madness comes in is like, Mm -hmm. you want to be able to like, what's going on here? And you can't always do that. So, uh, I love that we are fully swimming in those waters, especially at the end of this. I, I know not everybody's going to go for possessed body talking to a detective on an episode of true detective, I didn't bother it. Guess who talks to Velcoro in episode two of True Detective season two? Excuse me, episode three of True Detective season two.
1: His his dead dad in a very ghostly... No, no, like. no, no. His dad is alive at that point. No. He's talking to his dad in a dream when he gets shot. Excuse but me. He go. he well, does. Fred, he Ward goes his, Fred Ward is still alive. You are 100 yeah, See, Fred Ward is it, I,
0: It's been it's but that, been a no, minute, but right? No, but that still but is. Again, he's having a dream like sequence. Is fer, that is that is Pharaoh in a total dream space Like that, that's prior to the the Travis Cole dance in episode one, right? Which I reference as the most Lynchian thing in the history of the show. The other most Lynchian thing is that scene at the top of episode three. With Telegraphing Burt, the
1: entire show
0: that definitely feels like you are all of a sudden you're like, is this the equivalent of like, is this Nick Pizzolatto's red room? Like, is this his the bar that he's sitting in? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is this the equivalent of the, in the in between space where we go to, to navigate these things? Right. Um, yeah, dude, I'm like with the show, the show has always played in the, I, I just, I don't, I don't like this thing that I keep hearing people come in with just like, why are they shoving all this shit into it? I'm like, it's still walking a line. Nothing Mm -hmm. has, nothing has said if you, you know, if you don't believe in spirits and ghosts and supernatural horror, whatever you want to call it, then you, then you're wrong. Like nothing has said that throughout Mm -hmm. all of the show. And I don't, I truly, I don't think it's ever gonna like tip its hand one way or the other. That's, that's where the show has always lived at to a Mm -hmm. certain extent, some seasons more than others and some elements more than others. But I just, I'm
1: white lines in the middle of the road. (laughs) Which place to drive?
0: (laughs) I don't, I don't know why I feel the need to defend it. It should be enough to just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm fucking enjoying it. We're enjoying it. We're having a blast Mm -hmm. talking about it week to week. But I, there is a, a little bit of it does feel somewhat unfounded. I feel like people are going out of their way to find things to nitpick and talk shit about the show again. I part of me just it's wants just to say because
1: she's a woman, dude, that's all I mean
0: it is there. I'm sorry. There is an inherent, there does seem to be a true like inherent amount of sexism in the more public discourse. The critics seem to love this shit, but the audience reaction, it's hard not to see some of this couch and just like a, a good bit of misogyny of, Just fucking dude bros on your very social media outlets who are like, it's not fucking Russ Cole. It's not dark enough. It's not narcissistic. Why are all these women around? Why are you showing me birthing sequences? Why are you showing me indigenous women? Like, (laughs) and I'm just like, like they feel it's being shoved down their throat or something. And I'm like, if, if this stuff was only like, you know, I don't know. If it was shortchanged, that's when I would be mad at it because it would be like, well, why are we setting it in this setting if we're not going to explore this culture or these people at all? Right. Like, what the fuck is the point of that then? And like, so that's if you... why I'm like, I love that there's time for we get like a two and a half minute sequence when Danvers goes into, again, the woman who's just had the stillborn baby and that situation. It's like we just sit in it for a moment. There's no dialogue in that scene. There's like this like very ominous like what sounds like, you know, indigenous like folk singing. I don't I don't know how I would describe that music Mm -hmm. or whatever that escalates wherever, and I'm like, I know there will be people who watch the scene and are like, why is this here? Why is this is interminable? What are we doing here? And I'm just like. This this is it. I don't know what to and, tell you. Like this and is as people are character people who... building We're we're building out the world, the environment, which is so integral to what makes a good season of True Detective is the place. It's not just what's happening there. It's the place itself. And for me, Ennis is like the
1: most interesting setting we've had since fucking Louisiana. It just is because what these people what you're talking about, like the person you're trying to explain this to what they don't understand is like you've had this before. Because you have scenes in the first season where they are just driving through the bayous. They are just talking to people. Well, seems so she went to that total school then and, and uh they bust all the kids in and you forget how much see- of that yeah. first season is very law and order, very mm-hmm. like I gotta go talk to this guy. Right. And it's just it's just so happens to be like you're living in that because, like, very to me, very purposefully, we are we are going back to and we are we are sustainably like not sustainably we're like succinctly going back to like we're always going to be focused on like these are the victims yes they're all alive yes they may not all be dead but these are who we're talking about this entire season is about this because this entire season the very last shot of every episode is if you are facing domestic violence or violence being committed to you against you as a woman, here is a way for you to reach out. You know, that's one thing we haven't sp- spoken about. But like that's the caveat that anchors every episode is the real life thing. That's like this happens. You and I live in a state where the best thing, one of the really things you're really good at is men killing and beating women. I just I you don't like it. Don't do it. But facts are facts. South Carolina has one of the highest rates of men killing women. When men beating women, when men putting women, like, trying to take women down off of their perceived pedestal, you know? So, like, yeah, it, it's prevalent whether you want to believe it or not. And it's just these one of these things where, like, with that scene of, like, going in and seeing what that does, that has nothing to do with this case. On the surface, this is just a woman who, like, this happened to her. Because of the water, which I want to get back to real quick, is the water's causing these things to happen to burst. You could totally, if you want to tow that line of it's all real, the Tuttle family, if you want to go there, dude, bros, the Tuttle family's putting something in the water through that plant. They own it all. They got a big sprawl, baby. They got the research institution looking for portals, and they're keeping the population docile. And not letting them breed again by putting stuff in the water. That's just how it is, you know. Like that's totally how you could toe that line if you wanted to might try try to keep it real and not tip the scales to like, no, this is totally supernatural. Well, yeah, if you pump small amounts of hallucinogens into the water supply over time, man, people might start thinking she's awake. People might start seeing some shit. Ex- exactly. Yeah you put people and, and, and here's the thing here's the thing that i don't think we've touched on that i think I, I love about this the most you get the great line at the end of season one it's like i think the light's winning the universe's natural state is darkness you know if it wasn't for that pesky thing that keeps rising up every morning we would live like we are living in this show in total darkness maybe there'd be a moon maybe there wouldn't but we that's that's our natural state so you put people in that natural state having been used to like sunlight and like this certain like you know we you know we, we and 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 incessantly like human beings are better in like we're meant to be in the dark you know mm-hmm. like that's just how it is it's only because we have the sun that like yeah we'd have life from that but like the natural state of the universe and everything is darkness and that's where we're staying here now. And I think if you stay in darkness long enough, you, you will go crazy. So it just, it is what it is. But, but yeah, that birthing sequence thing, we have the whole talking thing. We have the, obviously that we have the, you know, Danvers gets taken away. I don't know where we're going from here. Um, or she gets taken away with like having to arrest people. We have the video of that. And in my head, I really got like, honestly, dude, I got more like thing vibes, like, this is, like, a tunnel down into the bigger ship part that we mm-hmm. don't see, you know? I got that kind of vibe. Um, it's always creepy when there's just, like, somebody's cell phone video mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. But it's one of those things that's, like, I don't, I, I can't tell where I'm going and I'm glad that I can't, you know? And I I'm I'm constantly, because of the first season, I'm constantly always looking at, like, what am I going to see here? That when we get to the last episode, I'm gonna be like, aha, here mm-hmm. we are, you know. Because yeah, it's, less less we
0: forget, is it is it the end of episode one or is it episode two, like when we see Errol Childers for the first time?
1: I think it's in the it's first a, episode. Maybe it's either one or two where he's on the he's he's at the school just it's, like it's near the top.
0: Yeah, but you see him on the yeah. tractor, backlit and everything, and it's and it's presented again up to that point as uh oh, it's right before they get a line on so that's Reggie. episode three then. Yes, it's episode three.
1: Yeah, um, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, because they're about to have to give up the case, and this is the thing that lets them keep it. Yeah. So, I mean if you if
0: you're looking for parallels this was episode three and as mm-hmm. you pointed out we did meet a couple of suspicious people out uh the people the- that we
1: got pulled away from yeah
0: so yeah all right something to keep an eye on and uh i think that's gonna do it for yeah. uh this week of trues days with noah and gav thank you for listening and i think for this week we can go ahead and uh close up that case file We'll be back to reopen it next Tuesday on the Archive Network.
1: Call i mean, Cosa now.
0: I know you caught it. The yeah. Ver- the very end of the the next on teaser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now enter the night country. It's just yeah. like we're, uh, we're all in the night country. Night country. No. Like, yeah. Who's saying that? What is saying
1: that? Um. Maybe they find Clark.
0: Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's so, it, it, again, it's so interesting to me that I'm like, I, I know there are these same people who are like, it's not season one, are going to hear a line like that. And they're like, you can't, you can't just do that. Yeah. You can't just say, you can't just make night country a thing now. It's not Carcosa. It's <laughs> going to be like, guess what guys? It's not a real place. <laughs> right. It doesn't exist. It's, uh, you know,
1: it's, yeah really interesting <laughs> i don't um it's like this joke it, i used to make it's like it, it, hey what's that one love crap book where like the guy reads that thing and then like he just like goes insane or something which yeah. book is that it's oh really, wait it's all of them it's so i
0: mean it is again even more respect to, to isa because i'm just like it is really playing with fire dude it's playing mm-hmm. with fire because it's just like you're the people you're tr- you're trying to hook back in and quote-unquote impress with this, with the season one references, mm-hmm. are the same people who are going to judge it the harshest, you know what I right. mean? Who yeah. are also going to be the same people who are going to be like, oh, I can't believe they're just trying, they're just fucking ripping off season one, and I'm like, but isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you all complained about when season two wasn't exactly the same? Isn't that what, like, it's the same shit we've been through for two prior seasons where you guys are just like, well, it's not the first one. It's not as good as this. It's not as good as that. Like, I've heard that, I'm sorry, heard that comparison from friends and online, left and right. It's specifically in reference to the Jodie Foster performance. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if we're comparing every fucking protagonist in True Detective to Russ Cole, it's that's a fucking unfair comparison. That is Mm -hmm. an iconic television character of like the modern era, of the golden age of TV, whatever you want to call it. Like, he just is. Like, it it was a place and a time, it was the reconnaissance, it was all of those things. We gotta let it go, people. (laughs) Like, we can't compare every, like, if she's not blowing your mind every single second, it doesn't mean that she's not absolutely crushing
1: it as this character. Yeah, I mean, second only to this guy. Who are you showing me? Who are you showing me? Pull your camera back. Kevin
0: Garvey. Oh, the greatest cop in television history?
1: Yeah. Most interesting man in the world? And his like, and his, his brother? His brother? Is yeah. It, yeah. Oh, man.
0: Maybe, maybe the... <laughs> you want to talk about playing with fire? Oh, dude, what is? If... Da- yo, Damon. Yo, Damon. Fire... <laughs> fire up the writer's room again just be like you know i don't i don't think we quite cracked it one of the most, <laughs> to be clear <laughs> one of the shows that ended like the most perfect that a show ever could <laughs> like, oh yeah of course of leftovers like just absolute sheer brilliance it's in my top five all time <laughs> but just yeah he's like i don't think we cracked it i think i fucked it up kind of like lost uh i'm gonna come back and do season four and everybody's like no no, no.
1: yeah you oh. know what? But you know what I you want know to do. I'm actually I'm going to do a new show. Remember all the people that left? You want to know where they went? You wanna, I got a whole I'm three like, seasons. Like, oh, of just wait them. a second. Yep. oh you know, Damn you it. Know where they went? And you want to? You want know what they did? Yeah. Okay. Picture the leftovers, but for the people who left, they have to adjust. So, like you know, for, for every idiot who can't
0: stand ambiguity comes mm-hmm. the was mm-hmm. the opposite of the leftovers. The main
1: course. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. <laughs> Dude, I th- and honestly, when I HBO twenty twenty five, slice off. No, no,
0: <laughs> David, what are you doing?
1: When we the, when I get done with um. With the killing. I'm definitely gonna go and just start Loved over skin.
0: <laughs> I did it I did it uh two years ago and I, I do not regret it. I've already been yeah. getting the itch again. But the this is the fucking the Sopranos anniversary, baby, and I'm,
1: I'm But like, didn't you just do that though? I did it, you during just the pand- did it.
0: I did it during the pandemic. Yeah. It's been two years, but mm. oh man. No, the one I've really been wanting to do and Mary it's top of my life. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good.
1: I love Mare, but it's like it feels too close. It feels too close. Every time that one pops up, when I'm getting up at the end, I was like, "I'm always like, hey Becky, can you do something for me?" She's like, "Well, I was like, you stop eating Wawa hoagies over the dead body." Like I just, I boys got to stop eating Wawa hoagies over the dead body.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they murdered my daughter in the water. (laughs) Murdered her. They murdered my daughter. Um, but for real, no, the one. That I've been dying to do because it's been too long. I've never done a proper rewatch. I did a Breaking Bad rewatch a couple years ago. Or last year, excuse me. Um, Mad Men is overdue.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I might have to take the whole whole ride again. Great new show. I don't know why I'm plugging for The Ringer because, you know, they don't need the advertisement. But I'm just telling this to you. On the Prestige TV feed where they're currently covering true detective uh mm-hmm. they have a new series like limited series that's running but new episodes every week it's called stick the landing and it's one mm. of those where i was like god damn it we should have done this like we should have done it they literally are just going back through like tv tv, finales. TV finale specifically god, and it's dude. like did did they nail it or not they've done Friday Night Lights and Mad Men so far those are the two I can't,
1: I've, I've never well, I've that's, to what, I was, Friday Night that's
0: what I was gonna say is that's the first episode I know you never but I'm like whenever you do finally finish that show start stick the landing and then yeah but they're starting with like more modern stuff but I think they are gonna go into like yeah we're gonna do the mash finale cheer you know they're, they'll do sitcoms and stuff as well it's not just the prestige dramas but uh, really really good so far uh, hmm. they really enjoying that. So, uh, yeah, you should go listen to that, brother. This is like the bonus segment, uh, like it is every week. Uh, hope people enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Happy birthday to Gavin!
1: Oh yeah, it is my birthday today. Well, is it still no? Technically, it was oh, my birthday when yeah. we started. We went. We so. went over. We went over. That's fine.
0: Long. We went. I think we went the longest we've gone. Over and- the I mean, yeah i think we went the longest we've gone which i'm sure people will be like on on part three yeah, on part three and we're like yeah. yeah they're just gonna get progressively longer yeah i'm sure because we got more and more stuff to discuss uh i just oh my god dude oh i do want to throw this in for anybody that is still listening at this point i just want everybody to know that i think you should leave with tim robinson has the <laughs> kathy blanchard seal of approval <laughs> brother so when i have when, not when seen I, her laugh when long, i gave it when i gave you the short, when you open your christmas or your birthday present rather which was a, a driving crooner t-shirt yep. uh and mom is like what is this and then we go to i'm like i guess we just gotta show her mm-hmm. go to pull up netflix have to re-log in Dude, I In my head internally, I'm just like, oh, man, nobody's going to find this funny except for me and Gab. I was <laughs> like, it's taken like 10 minutes to like reactivate the Netflix on there to even pull this up for them. And then to throw it on and within the first like minute for mom to immediately start dying and then to just it escalate. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of the
1: more recent joys of my life. That was uh, that was great. My hope I'm is that so she, glad just, she, found she it. just finds it. And just like I watched all of them because you know she'll do that. She'll be like, "Oh, you know, I she'll did just this." Tell you, yeah. Like I watched all that. Uh, I think you should leave. Show like if
0: mom starts dropping, I think you should leave. References. <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I got your shirt from <laughs> was it Dan Flowers? Dan flashes. Dan flashes. I get not want to say flowers. Yeah, yeah. Dan flashes. We gotta
0: show her that one, dude. She oh, she would love it.
1: Don't. I'm gonna show what her is it? sloppy what steaks. Is it? The shop is it? The
0: shops at the Vista or the Hills?
1: What is it? Yeah. Called? I'm gonna show her sloppy steaks and just be like, tell Noah I won't. Just text Noah until next time I get. I, he cooks. I want a sloppy steak. <laughs>
0: just <want> a steak.
1: <laughs> she and dude. I mean, like, she
0: she loves Stephen. Young. and you gotta show her the. She used too small a square. Yes, dude. Why don't you eat the receipt then? If you like the gift, why don't you eat it? I'm the coolest guy here now.
1: I used to be an ant, like I used to be a real piece of shit. You know, it's just right. I used to, that... <laughs> This baby's judging me. <laughs> yeah, we got it end this, dude. It's, it's so funny. Like, oh. And that's we really up. don't know what's going on and in... we <laughs> we really <laughs> we know very little. Little.
0: <laughs> god. Oh my god. All oh, right brothers, what a genius. All right, indeed. Love you. Love you too. Stopping the recording.